Well, hello there. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good whatever time of day you're watching this. Thank you for doing so. I'm Nelson, the founder of 360 Degree Ministries, where the love of Christ must come full circle. And hopefully I'm not the first person, but possibly the last person to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully you're awake enough to for this part of the unit in the midst of your food hangovers to be able to take care of things. So, um... For those of you who follow the uh, Facebook fan page, you notice that I got some upgraded equipment. I, I had some technical difficulty implementing that equipment, but the implementation of that equipment is coming. In the meantime, just bear with me. Uh, the lessons are still going to be high quality. The production value will match it very, very soon. So what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks are... Things that we feel like God values, but we don't necessarily have the appropriate outlook on what that looks like. Uh, we call it the the misvalues. And last week we discussed uh, the misvalue, if you will, of debunking the, the the negative connotation of prosperity. And what we kind of use as the centerpiece of that is... Uh, David and Solomon and their pursuit of godly things above all else. We're going to keep that same foundation and carry it over into this week where we talk about the other side of prosperity because while prosperity isn't necessarily bad, it isn't necessarily good either. So what we're going to do uh, now is we're going to go over some scriptures and you can kind of expand on some of these passages, but I wanted to uh, pick these particular ones to get this point across. So the very first point across that I want to get uh, is in uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. If we're talking about prosperity, we, we should all know where I'm headed. Should all know where I'm headed. And we're going to start with verse 24. Of course, we're starting with uh, verse 24. And the scripture is as follows. No one can serve two masses, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. But watch this. The scripture continues. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor your body and what you will put on. Is life not more than food, the body not more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes these, the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the, into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, I could stop there, but that wouldn't be any fun. So, I could have stopped at verse 24, and that, but that really wouldn't have been any fun. So, I want to talk about why Jesus went, in, went on verses 25 through 34 to talk about anxiety 
after he talked about serving two masters? The answer is very simple because anxiety is a thing that is talked about. Anxiety, fear, etc. are talked about all throughout the Bible as being the enemy of faith. And if you don't have any faith, you're not about to follow God. And if you're not about to follow God, you got to try to take care of yourself. Take it from somebody who's learned the hard way. That's not the way it works. So, Jesus talks about the concept of anxiety and, and very human struggles. But we are called as children of God to kind of cast aside our humanity, if you will. We're supposed to cast aside our default humanity and defer to the things of God in faith. And we can't do that with anxiety. Because if we don't have the faith to follow God, then we're not showing God that we love him. If we, if I, if you love me, obey my commandments. Well, we ain't about to obey no commandments if we don't have any faith that we might down in anxiety. I would personally, the, the scripture backs me up on this, uh, say that we should be conscientious in attacking all anxieties because they are places of what I like to call spiritual insecurity. And if you got a place of spiritual insecurity, that's a place you're not following God. And one of the fundamental places where we develop spiritual insecurity is in our material wealth. We have insecurity in our material wealth. I'm going to come back to that one after I get done with the scripture. We got a kind of a few to go over this time. But next, I'm going to room zoom zoom over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm just having too much fun over here. And be a little bit be even more obvious than Matthew chapter 6. So first Timothy 6. Gonna start with verse 6. And verse 6 says, But godliness is contentment with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and to a snare to any senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Remember when I talked about spiritual insecurity and our material wealth? Well, Satan's always lurking and he's always looking for an excuse to discredit God. But we have to sign off on that. And if we don't have the integrity to 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 kind of feel the the bombardment of deception that comes from Satan, because it's always coming. But if there's a chink in the armor, that's how he's getting in. And once he gets in, we're gonna get this first Timothy six stuff over here. But how do we how do we overcome that? Like how do we overcome that? That's not that's what I want to talk about. I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on the negative. I ain't trying to spend a whole bunch of time on the negative. So we have to use, yep, y'all heard this term before. Some of you who've been following since the beginning and know where I got this from, really, really know where I got this from. We need a big old dose of eternal perspective. And there's many examples in the Bible of what eternal perspective looks like. And I just want to give one. I just want to give one. I just want to give one, two, three. We'll see. Uh, but the first one is in Second Corinthians chapter four, and that's uh verses seventeen and eighteen. 
And that scripture is as follows. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal wind of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Some translations say the things that are seen are passing away. That's kind of what transience is. Just like the first Timothy six piece, we ain't bring nothing in here. We can't take nothing with us. So why are we tripping? Because the Matthew six piece undergirds us who are in the, who are in the fold in the faith of the faith of Jesus Christ. Take it from somebody who's faced the prospect of being mathematically broke. It'll test your faith. Ooh, to test your faith. Ugh. Praise be, uh, praise be to the father in heaven. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Woo! Great googly moogly. Anyway, let's uh let's continue. Let's continue. So I mean, that's kind of the mindset we have to have. Now let's see an example of it, a kind of a typological example. Normally, when we talk about typological examples, it's this lo these long stories like the like the like the David Ark and the Solomon Ark, the Moses Ark, stuff like that. But I want to give you just a real real quick one, just a real real quick one. So. Friday features, scripture heavy. Uh, Mark, you know, I don't never go to Mark. Uh, Mark chapter 12, we're going to go all the way down to verse 41. Y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about over here. The widow's offering. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the many people put money into the offering box. Many rich, many rich people put in large sums and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, coins, which make a penny. And he said, called to his disciples and said to them, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box for they contributed out of their abundance. But she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Is our faith that strong? It's all right. The answer is no. <laughs> Spiritual growth is everything. <laughs> Spiritual growth is everything. Each one called according to his measure. Your measure might not be that, <laughs> that crucial, but uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about what measure looks like. Talk about what measure looks like. We're gonna go somewhere a little bit more familiar than that. We're gonna go to Philippians chapter three. Anybody who been anybody who been following for any amount of time or who knows me knows I love me some Philippians. Probably my favorite uh, book of the Bible. This uh, Pauline epistle uh, that he's talking to the church of Philippi. But this particular time we're gonna go to Philippians chapter three. Verse three, and that scripture is as follows. For we are the circumcision who worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else ha thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless but whatever gain i had i counted as lost for the sake of christ indeed i count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing jesus christ my lord for his sake i have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that i may gain christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which comes through faith in christ the righteousness from god that depends on faith that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, and I share in his sufferings, becoming much like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain resurrection from the dead. 
That is what a high measure of faith looks like. All of this over here. No, I want Jesus. That's a gold standard right there. I know Paul is just as human as Paul was just as human as you and me. But that's a gold standard because God gave him that to tell to us and all the other people who came before and all the other people who can who will come after. But first to the Church of Philippi, of course. Um, and now I got one more example because I'm going to the I'm going to the Old Testament. Because how can you talk about putting uh prosperity in the appropriate context if you don't talk about our boy Job? Man, Job had it rough. He had it rough. Any anytime we talk about um perseverance or um endurance under fire and maintaining our faith, we talk about Job. But you know, you know the context we don't talk about Job necessarily in? Prosperity. Watch this here. Job chapter one. You could really read the whole chapter. We don't have time for that today, but we can really read the whole chapter. Verse six. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Well, what, what are you doing here? The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? This Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, and that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright, an upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. He will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Y'all know the story of Job. Job. Job lost all his possessions. He lost his kids. He got sick. His friends was his 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 friends was in the duck off crying with him, just crying boo hoo. Like and I ain't talking about like those simple cry. I talk about the Drake cry, you know, because that's that's that that's a that's kind of a stylistic cry. No, they was having big nasty snotty cries with their homie because they couldn't believe what they were seeing. But God still restored Job. Job kind of had a couple questions and God had to check him, but you know what he didn't do? He encouraged God in the midst of all of that stuff. Raise your hand if you got that kind of spiritual integrity. Now raise your hand if you want that kind of spiritual integrity. So, that's kind of the context that I wanted to talk about. We have to have faith in God and trust in God and not hold on to the things that we can provide for ourselves, we shouldn't be focused on taking care of ourselves. We should be focused on letting God take care of us in the context that he says. And we have to understand that materialism come and go. And we can't really, we can't, we can't take anything from, with us with the, uh, first timothy six piece the, the the funeral piece where we often put trinkets in the in the casket with people that's for sure eternal destiny says you can't take they, they can't take nothing you put in that casket with them it's for sure and i ain't trying to police how people grieve you grieve how you want to try to get god in there somewhere though because that because that's where the healing come in so i ain't really really trying to police like you do you do you for anybody who's lost anybody, my heart goes out to you. 
and whatever you're doing to kind of build yourself up, please do that. Um, now I want to get a little editorial. Contextual and on topic, but editorial. We talk about prosperity being bad, but not really. We talk prosperity being good, but not really. So when we talk about having faith in God, especially with that anxiety piece in, 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 in losing faith, I, I, I would like to put a charge out there to all the under-shepherds out there. First things first, I'm not nearly as wise as any of you. Most of you. And, and look, if this ain't you, this ain't you. Hallelujah to the Lamb. But I will say, if God blessed you to do a ministry, rely on God to take care of that ministry. I'm going to say it again. If God blessed you and girded you up to do a ministry, rely on God, as we just talked about in this unit, to take care of that ministry. If your source is anything else, you have missed the boat. Now, I'm not going to call any particular names out, but everybody knows somebody who's doing that, and that's not okay. So, next week... We're going to go over another one of these misvalues. And that particular misvalue we're going to go on to is God's punishment. And that's going to be another two-parter. And that one's going to probably ouch more than this one. Good. I'm ouching right along with you because we all in this together. So, with that said, I love each and every one of you. And there's nothing you can do about it. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another and have a great Thanksgiving weekend, folks.